Blog Talk Radio.
men, women in the first line of defense against COVID, the doctors and nurses, and especially as great people who clean up after, and the people who stock the shelves at the, at the supermarket so we can get through this pandemic. Um, we're going to have a change up here tonight. We're going to have, a, for the first time in many many uh, programs, now going into our 1100th program uh, tonight, um, we're going to have a special dedication. Uh, and this is to all the mothers out there. We uh, wish you a very, very happy Mother's Day, and especially to Mrs. Uh, Sharon Carroll, uh, who is the mother of uh, Dr. Kathleen Carroll, who is the mother of uh, Mr. Caden Carroll, our sports editor here, um, Dr. Kat Gilstrap, the lovely Reverend Burnett Parquet. Uh, Miss Asia Parquet uh, and Mrs. Uh, Christy Abel, the grandmother of uh, Mr. Caden, and Amy Hedrick. Uh, so, uh, ladies, we wish you a very uh, happy day tomorrow and a very safe one. Uh, our programs are always brought to you with a great sponsor, and that's uh, BioSolar. Uh, Tony, you've had a lot of experience with BioSolar. Why don't you uh, explain what we have? Yeah, BioSolar is one of the companies that are out there right now that are uh, providing homeowners with uh, solar panels on the house to cut your bill in half. It's a very simple technique of having your panels put on because you have to pay for your power bill. So why would you pay full price when you could cut it in half, lock it in for 25 years, and make it very easy? Uh, BioSolar.com, if you call Patrick... Ashman at 602-499-9804, and you tell them that uh, Fighting Words Radio Network sent you, you'll get $250 back right after you put your panels on your house, and six months, basically six months of no payments right off the bat, so it's going to save you some money in this pandemic, like you said, and uh, it's definitely a no-brainer. You can check it out on fightingwordsradionetwork.live. And uh, biosolar.com, 602-499-9804. As, and, you know, we, go, we broadcast worldwide, and one of the things is, uh, can you tell me that uh, they're licensed in every state in the union? Yes, if you can hear this radio show anywhere in the United States, Patrick can come to you or send someone out, take care of your home, and when I say free, they put the panels in for free, so... There's no gimmicks, there's no hassles, there's no BS. So if you can hear this show live in the U.S., then you need to call that number and you need to do it before June 1st because there's a uh, big tax increase coming. Yep. Well, guys, it's, uh, Bob, it's good to have you back. Uh, Bob's been on a, uh, a medical leave uh, with a family member. Um, we hope uh, everything turns around there to the positive uh, for you, Bob. Uh, we knew you and Kevin would take you. care of everything on that. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody saw it, but one of the one of the uh, probably that go down for the, the uh, fight of the year it was uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano last week. It was it just one of the best boxing matches that uh, went on. Caden, did you just see some of that? I personally uh, didn't. I, yeah. I actually I didn't. Sorry, Caden. Oh, who, who'd you call him? I didn't hear you. 
KJ, go ahead. Oh no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch that fight. That I'm saying. Okay. Uh, Tony, did you see it? I missed that one. Oh, it was uh, it was a battle. I mean, those girls when they ended up, uh, uh, Katie Taylor won, uh, but it went went all the way to the end, and uh, it was probably um, the best boxing. Uh, even uh, Ring Magazine was saying this week it was probably the best bout of the year and could be match of the year. Uh, so uh, that was a uh, that was a good one um, that we know. Oh, it's a tie. Hey. Right. There you go. Hey, Ty. How you doing? Not bad. How's everyone doing tonight? Yeah. Hey, Ty. Uh, we were just talking about Katie Taylor's fight last Please week. Please forgive my lateness. I'm sorry? No I said we were just talking about Katie Taylor's uh, match last weekend. Oh, it was a great fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let me ask you, Ty, what did you think of uh, Andrew Ruiz and uh, Luis Ortiz? I think that's uh, a very interesting fight that uh, I don't know if it's signed. It may be signed. I know uh, I know that Andy Ruiz was trying to take a thriller fight against Tyrone Spong, and that had to get pushed aside because of the legal ramifications of him having a deal in place with Luis Ortiz. At this stage, I favor Andy Ruiz if he's motivated. Um, just because he's younger and fresher. Luis Ortiz had a big victory, a uh, stunning knockout of Charles Martin in his last fight. Um, but at the same time, for the first time in his career, he really looked his 42, 43, 44 years of age. Uh, his legs were mm-hmm. stiff. He uh, just didn't have the balance or the, uh, or the give in your legs to act as a shock absorber for the punch. He was never buzzed, but he was knocked off his system times, again, just because his legs aren't there anymore. But he's still a very dangerous boxer. Andy Ruiz has to be uh, cognizant. Um, but I think uh, just stylistically at this stage in their careers, one thing about Andy Ruiz, he takes a good shot and throws fast punches. Um, so it's a very interesting fight. Very interesting fight. Lewis is a little bit bigger, a little bit longer. Uh, probably a little bit technically better. Um, but I do think the wear and tear is going to show itself, and uh, we'll see their own walk away with a victory, I believe so. Mm-hmm. You know, Caden, we were talking earlier today about the uh, um, Cowboy Cerrone fight tonight, and I just heard before we went on the air from Bob that uh, he uh, withdrew because of illness. Did you know anything about that? I actually did not hear about that, but what I do know is that this is a massive week for – for um for UFC fans and for the the world of MMA and you know add that to the list, um you know we've mm-hmm. had Hamzat finally getting you know I mean I mean Nate Diaz finally getting his fight but I mean unfortunately you know I love Nate Diaz and I, I love Hamzat um but uh they fortunately they have to fight each other it is Nate Diaz's last fight on his contract and they instead decided to feed him to the wolves you know. And then um, you have tonight's big card, um, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. And there's a lot of controversy sur- surrounding that fight as well because uh, Charles Oliveira just missed weight. You know, he, he weighed in at, at 155.5 pounds, and he actually mm-hmm. has been vacated from his title. And um, mm-hmm. so this the fight's still going on. 
But if Charles Oliveira wins, he still will not be champion. But if Justin Gaethje wins, right. he will become he will become uh, the lightweight champion. And um, then co-main we have Rose Namajunas versus um, uh, Carla Esparza. I'm pretty sure her name is. Um, and then before that we have this is this is amazing amazing start to this card. You have um. Uh, uh, Tony Ferguson is fighting. He's fighting Michael Chandler. You know, those are two guys who put on a fight every single time they step in the octagon. Michael Chandler goes in there. He gives it his all. You know, he, he mixes it up. Sometimes you don't know if he's going to wrestle. You don't know if he's going to box. You know, um, and Tony Ferguson goes out there. Hey, hey, you know, everybody knows who Tony Ferguson is. Yeah, can we, let's go back. I need to go back here. Uh, we have a guy a long distance call from Columbia, uh, and we appreciate everything. He gives us uh, um, a good friend, Tony, Brian Perella. Uh, Brian's a super heavyweight. Uh, was it 17 3 and 0, oh, uh, Brian? Uh, 17 3 and 2. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, who, are you, who are you in camp for now? What was that? Who are you in camp for? What fight are you in camp for now? Uh, well, I'm not in camp for any particular uh, fight right now. I'm just staying in shape uh, and just uh, developing more skills. Uh, meanwhile, until I get a fight set up and coordinate it. Hey, Brian, this is man. I just wanted to say uh, I'm gutted about the decision of your last fight. I watched it, thought you wanted clean. Um, I kind of um, think there's two draws that are going against you. It seems like the decision, it seems like fights with you that go decisions are always tight on a card, in my opinion, they should be. Can you explain that or why you think that happens? It seems to happen to you consistently. Well, I'm putting it in as a decided opponent in these fights. So, so there's already like there's a, already a bias like for the, the A type fighter, A type fighter. But you know, but, at the end of the day, it's just you know, pushing me to be more and, uh, and just uh, get knockouts. Just get knockouts, which is which is which really is, not an issue at all. It's no problem. It's just a minor no adjustment. And uh, just stepping on the on the gas pedal a little bit more and get these guys out of there. You know, it's just not letting them. Survive in the ring with me. If they're not on my level, I just have to get rid of them. That's just what it comes down to. Um, coming in as a B side guy, it's just really hard to win in these against these guys. So, um, you know, even with Tony Harrison, I really dominated that fight. And I still got the draw, so I just have to put the icing on the, on the cake, you know. Well, you know, kudos to you for your mentality um, because I've watched the fights and I saw the fights go against you that you should have won. Um, so, again, kudos, you know, for you against your mentality. And I you know, obviously wish that that's something that uh, I want to say you could correct, but I wish maybe the judges could correct it a little bit better and we could get more secure and fair decisions. So, uh, again, kudos on, on the way you've handled yourself in light of these, uh, these judging setbacks, I should call them. Yeah, we all know you on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's part of boxing, you know, and I don't want to just look at it like, oh, I'm just being screwed out of my wins and all this. You know, 
it's true, but at the same time, like, you know, me me crying about it's not going to help anything. I just have to uh, make more improvements and become more as a fighter to get my just due. And at the end of the day, that's, that's what I want anyways, man. Like, I want to knock people out anyway, so it's just mixing in a little bit of the old and with the new and uh, putting it all together on fight night. That's all it is. And it's just a minor adjustment. And uh, There's definitely going to be a lot of knockouts coming in the future fights. Oh, I believe that you've definitely taken the high road, and I, you know, I think everyone admires that. And I know you got the champion belt coming here soon, man. And I'm gonna say with uh, with Ugas fighting uh, Errol Spence a week or so ago, and just getting crushed, uh, is that is Errol Spence even in the picture at all as far as you fighting Errol Spence? If he moves to 154, uh, I would love to. You know, we have amateur history, so and uh, you know he he he's he's well aware of the, the style and everything that I bring. Uh, and we had really close fights in the amateurs and went to trials, national power, and uh, it was, I would love that fight. You know, if he moved to 154, I would love it. It'd be a great stylish matchup. Well, I I, I see the sure. belts coming around your waist here soon, man. I mean, you've definitely paid your dues and. You know, going back and watching your fights and knocking people out. Uh, I, the only question I do have, which I may have asked you the last time we spoke, is when you fought um, when you fought Ugas. Actually, when you fell that mm-hmm. first time, is that did you injure your leg or your thigh or something during that fight? I was injured um, severely before that fight. Going into the fight, I should never went into it, but I just felt pressure to to go into the fight because um, it got canceled already. We were originally scheduled, and I, I had a minor thumb fracture, and the New York Athletic Commission wouldn't let me fight, so I got rescheduled to fight him again, and then the leg injury was happening like before camp even started, and I didn't want to pull out and have to cancel the fight again, so I just kind of, um, you know, I, I, I just looked. You know, I just looked to the positive side and try to and try to have faith about it. And uh, I didn't really have a good camp. I didn't really get any good sparring. I just went in there and uh, winged it. <laughs> and obviously, it was a learning experience. Uh, but Ugas is a great fighter. I won't take nothing away from him. And, uh, you know, that's just you know, it's lesson learned. That's all I could say. It was just a lack of experience on my part. Um, it, it was noticeable that you this. were, you know, you were hurting for sure. So I think the world could see that, you know, you, you were you were limping around a little bit. So uh, that's why I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that story got out there that people know. Because if there's ever a fight with you and Ugas again, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. I think you'll you'll crush him. And I see those that's belts true. around your waist here soon, man. I can't wait. I know it's coming. Hey, t- hey uh Brian, I, I hear you. Tony keep saying he sees the belt around your waist soon. But we know, you and I know, there, there's a little bit more to the belts being around your waist. They can't be around your waist too soon because, unfortunately, they're all tied up in the unification. So with that being said, who do you like in this rematch between uh, Castano and Jermel Charlo? And once that happens and we have an undisputed title holder, obviously it's very hard to, dispend, uh, to defend all four belts and then the belts eventually uh, become split again. What is your plot uh, going forward after the – who do you like in the unification, and what is your plan going forward after that happens? Well, and the unification, uh, so I think the first fight was great. I think Kasani put on a great yeah. show, Charlo as well. 
Um, man, I think the rematch, I'm a little bit leaning towards Charlo in the rematch. I just think he's a little bit more overall uh, disciplined fighter. And I think that the, the consistency is going to show uh, from last fight to the, the one coming. I think Daniel, I think Charlo has a big chip on his shoulder. And I think that's going to uh, pay dividends for this rematch. I don't know if Daniel has that same chip on his shoulder about this fight. I could be wrong. Castagna is a great fighter. They're both great fighters and at that level, it's just, you know, it's kind of hard to, to have a solid pick on a guy. Um, but, you know, let the best man win. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, like I'm looking to fight. I want to beat somebody that maybe no one thinks I can beat, or I, I just want to prove myself against the top guy and or top guys, whatever I got to do to get to the belt and become world champion, and then move on to the next. That's just what it is. I'm not ducking any fights or any challenges like I, like I haven't in, throughout my whole career. And I'm just looking to show, you know, all the skills and all the and put everything together and show all the experience that I've got throughout this journey and all these different styles and all these top-level fighters that I've been in the ring with. And all this, you know, the training year-round that I do, um, I feel I'm more dedicated and disciplined than all these other fighters. And... You know, my time is coming, and, and I'm going to show it, and I, and I can't wait for that. This uh, last fight, you were in the Roy Jones training camp before this fight, correct? Yeah, for my last two fights. I, I'll tell you, when you when you got on into the ring and you were standing in the corner, I honest, could, I honest to God could say – I looked at you. I didn't even recognize you. You're in such great shape, probably the best shape I've ever seen. I, I look and I said, that's not him. I thought it was an imposter. I mean, you look so good. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I yeah, mean, I mean, you, I mean, you really look like you cut down big time. Mm, yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's just the hard work I've been putting in. Well, it's it's showing, brother. It's showing. You know, I, I want to let you know that the guys from the uh, – Sarasota Jim, uh, they follow you very closely. I know uh, they all told me to tell you uh, hello tonight and that they're uh, they're squarely in your corner anytime you need them. Ah, I appreciate that very very much. Well, Brian, I know it's a long distance phone call. We don't want to run up your bill, so uh, uh, if you want to stay on, you're welcome to stay on. Um, but we appreciate the time you've given us and. Uh, you've always got a uh, open door here, open mic. Anytime you have a fight coming on, let us know. We'll make sure that our listeners know all about it. And we'll have you back anytime you like. Come back. Oh, man, absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Um, hey, uh, God bless you guys. 1100 show, Thanks, brother. Man. You're the man on the show. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for calling. I... Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, now, uh, let's go back here to uh, Shemaev. Um, Bob, what do you think about the Shemaev fight tonight? Uh, Shemaev? He's not fighting tonight. He's not fighting tonight. I'm sorry. He wants either Covington or Nick Diaz. What I was talking about is that he already got a fight. He got Nate Diaz. He's fighting Nate Diaz. Oh. Uh, June ninth, I'm pretty sure. And um I was yeah, I was just about to get done talking about the uh the event. 
about um you know Donald Don I was you know Donald Trump was supposed to fight. That's kind of a bummer. I didn't really know about that until you told me, because I had a I had a I had a big I had a big um I had a big bet that he was not like money bet but like moral bet that he was gonna retire tonight. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, that would have been a good fight against Joe Luzon. You know, yeah. So, but that again, if Joe would have got him to the ground, it's all it's Joe's world, and it's Donald to keep him on his feet. It's Donald's world, so it's, yeah, it's kind of kind of a, a, a an either way. But I mean, this this main event tonight, um, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. You know, Justin Gaethje's known for those known for those leg kicks. You know, known for wearing people down. You know, he he's he's a guy. He's, he's probably one of the probably the toughest. Um, probably one of the toughest. Uh, lightweights right now, but honestly, what I have to—I mean, I love Justin Gaethje a lot. You know, I love his style of fighting, but Charles Oliveira is a—he's a beast. He goes in there, you know, his 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 um his 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 um the way he submits people, the way he he tosses people around on the ground, maybe he manhandles people, the way he he can just move around the mat so swiftly and so precisely. Is 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 crazy, and I think I truly believe that he is the best lightweight since uh, Habib. And if he keeps on going like this, we might we might even see we might even see someone turn out to be better than Habib. And I I think that's I think Charles Oliveira is the guy to do that. And um, and that I mean if Habib was still fighting today, I think that would be an amazing matchup. You know, you know two guys you know, go there and wrestle it out. You know, um. But my prediction for that fight is I, I probably got um I got uh let me see. Oliveira by by submission, either round three or or round four. Because I mean, again, throwback to when Justin Ga- Justin Gaethje fought Habib. He fought Habib in uh twenty twenty. And um correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was Khabib's last fight. And um and even early in the fight, you know, you see um, Justin Gaethje go in there and move with the with the leg kicks, you know, wear him down just like he did to Michael Chandler in his last fight in 2021. Um, that was also an amazing fight. You know, he, he never he never goes out there and gets the points. He, he goes out there and he gives gives people the show, gets a bonus like every single fight he's in. Um, and um, I just I just don't know if he's gonna be able to to stand up and and, and you know if he gets on his feet maybe he can stand up and you know and and do some brawling and, and throw some uppercuts and throw some throw some um throw some leg kicks and try to wear him down throughout the fight. But if, if if it's like a one a one sided domination on the ground like Oliveira, I'm not surprised. Um, but. So that that's that's how I think that fight that fight's gonna go out. And the co main, I think that I think the belt stand where it is. It's it's probably gonna stay with Rose. Um and I got that TKO um round three. Round three. Uh, TKO round three. Okay. I'm predicting another 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 crazy another crazy finish. <clears throat> right here. Alright, let me uh, Ty, let me ask you uh or Zito. Um We've danced around everything, but tonight's big match. For the first time, Canelo is going to face somebody that's 20 pounds heavier than him, class up from him, has a three-inch uh, wind span on him. Uh, can he survive? Nope. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Which I, I'll that? let Ty go. I'm going to let Ty go. <laughs> We're waiting to see who's going to eat the sandwich. That's what it is. You know what? I, 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 lo- I love Canelo Alvarez. He's a tremendous boxer. And when I mean I love him, I mean I love his skill set. I love watching him apply his skill set. Um, he's going to lose tonight, though. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I think Bivol, and this is just my opinion, and I, I, you know what? I have no problem eating crow. If I'm going to predict the fight, if you put yourself out there, that's part of it, right? Um, but in my opinion, I think, well, first of all, you know, he has the size, uh, you know, size advantage. It's not the first time Canelo's fought someone that big. He's fought people bigger. Uh, Ser- Sergey Kovalev was, was bigger and more dense than Bivol. Callum Smith, who fought at 168, has a much bigger stature than Bivol. So it's not the first time he's really necessarily fought somebody with a 20-pound weight advantage. What it is, though, the first time he's fought somebody with a 20-pound weight advantage in their prime, that's as good as Bivol. It doesn't come down to the size. The size will play a factor, but the size will play a factor because of the skill set that Bivol brings to the table. Bivol is an in-and-out boxer. He doesn't run around the ring. So, so people who think, well, if he can stay away from Canelo, that's not his game. He, uh, he's very calculated. He doesn't tend to move about the ring. He moves around the ring. He's a master at distance and Space. Because he's a master at distance, and, and he, he's proved he's you know a very very uh, good counterpuncher. But because he's the master at distance, he doesn't have to take chances, and so he doesn't get a lot of knockouts against top competition. He hasn't had a knockout in like six years when he stopped Sullivan Barrera in the twelfth. However, he's the type of guy who punishes your aggression, and if you're not aggressive, well then he's going to outpoint you. If you're aggressive. He's going to punish for aggression. And so what I believe is because he has very educated footwork, very fundamentally sound, he has a very good jab, Canelo's going to have trouble closing the distance. Once he has trouble closing the distance, then what starts to happen is as rounds get away from a person, they have to take more chances, which opens them up to get hit more and more and more. I think... In my mind, I think Bivol is going to win this fight on the cards clean, and everybody is going to be shocked. When to me, it really isn't so shocking. When you have a great fighter who moves up in weight, eventually they, you know, eventually they have an opportunity where they can push themselves a little too far, and they just bit off mm-hmm. a little more they can they can chew. And I think tonight, that's all that's going to happen with Canelo. It takes nothing away from his greatness. I just think he bit off more than he can chew. A lot of reasons yep. why people don't think Bivol wins this fight is because Bivol is very basic. He's very rote. He does give patterns. And Canelo is exceptional at reading patterns. But when they talk about the patterns, Bivol, in his roteness, they're really talking about the way he throws his hands, not how he moves his feet and creates his distance, which I think is being kind of underestimated. The other thing, too, the last thing is – Everyone feels that, you know, Canelo's a better inside fighter. He's definitively, he's far and away a better inside fighter than Bivol. However, they think that Bill be better inside fighter once he gets inside, Bivol's going to be will. And I think that's where the big underestimation comes in. 
Bivol is not the most physically imposing fighter or physically grueling fighter, but I think everyone is questioning his toughness, his durability, his grit, and the physicality he's willing to bring. I don't think he's going to run. I think he's going to fight Canelo. I think he's going to hit Canelo back, and I think he's going to make Canelo respect him. That's my opinion. If you guys remember, an old Sergey Kovalev who threw a lot of keep-away punches was, was, I think, just one point down on one of the scorecards and only two points down on the other before he got knocked out. This kid is almost as big as Sergey, younger, fresher, and really is a more pure boxer. He's going to – even Canelo – says this is a tougher fight than Sergey Kovalev. Even Canelo's better. the first six rounds are going to be very difficult. So Canelo expects resistance and difficulty in the first six rounds. The problem is he's not going to be able to rally to, to, to win this fight. He's going to be out. Yep. That's my, my opinion. Yeah, Bivol's got a better chin than Sergey, too. Uh, so uh, you know, Sergey gets mopped, he's done. I mean, we've seen that. But uh, if Canelo wins tonight, it's a payoff. That's about the only way that's going to happen. And Bivol's taking this one. And basically, Canelo, everything ends in OP with him. It's plop, drop, flop, pop, everything. He's done. This is it. This is going to be the night where he actually Turn out, is going to lose. Shot. Ho, yep. ho. There you go. Oh. Riders go. Raise the roof, baby. This is it. I I can't wait for this fight. I'm I got the popcorn ready, the pizzas here, and I'll tell you what, this is gonna be the one tonight. You were sounding like a DMX song there for a minute. I had to get involved. Hey, I'm glad you yeah. did. We could make a lot of money together. Um Well Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt. I was going to chime in on the Bivol and uh, Canelo, but... Of course. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to... I'm going to nail by the... Oh, well... Well, uh, what I was going to say is this much. Um, Two things. Really, one thing is this much. Matchmaking. Canelo picked Bivol for a reason. I mean, he's, he's in a boxing just as much as everybody else, and he sees something. He sees something to where he sees a path somehow to victory. Um, And he he sees what we see also. What I'm going to say is this much. Bivol, I don't care who fights him. He's a tough out. He's a tough out. And what I'm also going to say is this much. Canelo, he has to watch himself because they're doing a lot of talking past Bivol. A lot of talking, like him talking about fighting Usyk, and I mean, I'm hearing more talk almost about him moving past Usyk than fighting, I mean, him moving past Bivol and fighting him. That could be dangerous. It could be deceptive, but it could also be dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. That said, I agree with every, every single assessment as far as the fight goes except for one thing. And it's that one thing where Canelo sees something Six rounds are going to be tough. But what happens, I mean, the fight's not six rounds, it's 12 rounds. What, I mean, I like Bivol, and, and what I can see is this much. Canelo is going to have, I don't think, and I have to disagree for a second or two with Ty, just to say this much. 
Canelo's not going to have problems navigating the distance. He's going to have problems navigating the distance without getting touched. Mm-hmm. Um, Canelo is extremely good yep. at yep. defensive flexing. But Bivol's not the kind of guy that you can just open up on with those explosive combinations. Bivol has an extremely, and when I say extremely, one one of the better going backward jabs I've seen, defensive jabs, moving straight back defensive jabs. And he, he once Bivol, he, he is ropes. What he does do, he, he's not a guy who backs to the ropes a lot. He knows how to steer around, which is really detrimental when you fight a guy like this. is exceptional at things. Canelo is probably the best trainer in the game right now. Bivol's up there, Bivol, especially with his jab. Bivol can jab, like he has a power stopping jab to the body. That 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 you know people don't talk about. It. But you, you see Bivol's highlights and his his combinations, his one two threes and stuff. Bivol sets those up when he does that when he's comfortable. But before then, Bivol has a very very astute boxing game to where Canelo has to he has to run Bivol's tank high, he has to run it hot, and he has to bag rounds doing it. To what I could see, I could see Canelo winning rounds by foot pressure, not getting touched, and just just maybe hitting Bivol once or twice, you know, kind of hard, and Bivol kind of not doing a whole lot. I could see him winning rounds early like that, maybe within the next, within the first two, within my fault, within the first four. But Canelo is notoriously a slow starter. And Bivol is not the quickest starter, but it's going to be interesting around round three when both their engines get revved up. Mm-hmm. And what I'm what I'm what I'm going to, what I'm saying is this much: Bivol, if he has the ability to adapt enough to switch it up, he can win this fight rather easily to me. The problem is this: I don't know if he has that. I don't know if he has that third. Mental gear, third intellectual gear, to where Canelo has that. One thing Canelo has, he has a third intellectual gear because he doesn't have those physical skills, especially against bigger guys, longer guys. So, I, like I, as I say, this fight to me right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it came up a draw like the last Columbia, because I think Canelo's good enough to not to 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 take moments enough. To get round, what I don't think Canelo's good enough to do is out and out beat Bivol. I mean that, that well, there, I don't see anybody. You know what? I also think people are underestimating Bivol's power too. I really think I, not, Bivol's yeah, oh, power absolutely. is underestimated too. Uh, no, not, no, not I, 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 you know, he's a knockout puncher, but just in general, not on this show. I think on this show we're all in agreement, but just in general, oh, yeah. Canelo is even though he's coming up essentially from 154 to start his career, like definitely going into the division physically. But he's looked at as a puncher in this fight because Bivol doesn't get a lot of knockouts. And I think his ability to be able to put damage on Canelo physically is being, uh, Canelo has a hard time navigating that distance. It forces him to take more chances. And Bivol is really good on taking advantage and making the punish for the chance uh, the punishment for the chance to take. I'm telling you, 
I think what I think everybody except me, Tone and and Frito, I think are are going to wake up shocked tomorrow. <laughs> well, well, what I also think though, I think that Canelo's danger lays in Bivol's work rate and the way Bivol works, um, and that's where his danger lays. Knockout power, I I, I, I believe Bivol has. You know, knockout power. Period. He has to chop down knockout power. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing is, the only thing is, Canelo. I, I think you have to get there. And Canelo is a guy that you just don't get there on. I don't care who you are, this or anything. Canelo's not a guy that you get to touch on unless he's putting himself out there. And Canelo has proven that he's not a guy who's always going to put himself out there. To, to, to get his face smashed in uh, Gennady Golovkin. So, I mean, he's a guy, that, you know what I mean? He knows how to not take that kind of damage. That's why I could say, you know, as far as Bivol's power, Canelo's going to have to respect it, but I've seen him have to respect power before. But the only thing is, Bivol has, as I say, it's going to be those dead moments, those, those low moments to where when I said when I uh we talked about Floyd and Canelo years ago and I said the dead moment would would, would lose Canelo that fight. Because if he pose, he ain't gonna lose. Well Bivol's sort of the same way, a lot different. Because he's a guy if you if you if dead moments he's gonna work. He's gonna work and he's gonna make you have to think. Um Canelo's going to catch him with counters. Bivol, we're gonna see what his chin's like. We're going to see what it feels like, and the only thing that could really get Bivol, I think, out of there is if he jumps into it like Amir Khan. Not that kind of fighter. A lot more calm, a lot more patient, a lot more measured. It's just smarter. Um, but a significantly say, higher fight IQ. Simple as that. Significantly Absolutely. higher fight IQ. Absolutely. So who do you have? So who do you have? Who do you have? Do you have Bivol or who do you have, have winning? Canelo? Um, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I have a draw, and we might see it again because it reminds me of Golovkin to a point. Um, yeah. I think I think that that to, to me, when I watch the fight, I think I'm gonna say, you know what? I think Bivol won. Wouldn't be mad at a draw, but Canelo didn't win. I think that's the way I'm going to see the fight. But in that's all honesty, possible. I think it's going to be a draw, and we're going to see it again. Just because Bivol is good enough, as I say, Bivol is well, good enough that Canelo. I don't see him beating him out now. That's it. Now the word is, is if that happens, if he wins or if it's a draw, he's going to be fighting Triple G again in September. And I wouldn't mind seeing another one because I, ter- I think Triple G took at least one of those fights, if not both, and the poster boy took it. I think it depends how that Bivol fight goes. Because if Bivol, if he does, I, I don't know if he's going to see Triple G. I, yeah, if I, if, I, I don't know if he's going to fight Triple G in September. What I think happens is going to happen. I'll be honest with you. I think he's either going to be rematching Bivol or taking some time off to lick his wounds. I, I, I mean, remember, remember when, when it was first when this fight was first signed? I don't know if you guys remember, but the first reference I made, I said different styles but similar. Dynamic was was Felix Trinidad against Bernard Hopkins, being the the younger, well, they're the same age, but being the you know the smaller, like dominating 
force of nature puncher coming up in weight to meet the guy who was a technician who, who always felt was good but never really blew anybody's doors off. And Bernard absolutely undressed Tito. He said, I'm too good and you're too small. And I'm telling you, man, you know what? Here's, here's my prediction. My prediction is tomorrow morning, all the newspapers read, the guys at Fighting Words Radio know their shit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Except for me. I, Except for I me. agree with you on that one. There you go. Hey, Bobby, what do you think Little about Debbie's got a snack for you. <laughs> hey, Bob, what do you think about, about uh, Michael Chandler? I think that, me personally, I think that, um, you know what? And I heard Caden's assessment on, on the fight, and I like him. I just think that um, Michael Chandler is a guy who's very, very explosive and good all around. That beats Justin Gaethje. I, really, I don't think Justin Gaethje is. And Michael Chandler's not fighting Justin Gaethje, you know? Yeah, he's fighting. Oh, Oliver, Oliver. I meant to say Oliver. My bad, my bad. I meant to say Oliver. Oliver, yeah, that's what I mean. I thought about Oliver, but Oliver, he's he's good all around. As far as just, I mean, he's, I don't see him standing up too much with Gaethje. Uh, he can, maybe, <laughs> but I, I mean, Gaethje's wrestling is top notch itself. The only person I've mm-hmm. ever seen even mess with Gaethje is Khabib, and Thank who the hell's you. going to mess with Khabib? Who the hell's going to mess with Khabib? <laughs> so, when we get down to it, I, Oliveira, he's, he's all around don't beat Gaethje because he specializes in two things. He specializes in, like, stand-up. He's a chopper. Like, his fist, he's trying to knock your head off with his fist, but he's trying to chop your knees off, trying to chop your legs down. So he's dangerous up top just because he does, he, his work is hard. Some guys, you know, they, their work is slick. Some guys, their work is quick. Some guys' work is plotting, and they cut the ring, and they're there, or cut the octagon, and they're there. Justin Gaethje, everything he does is hard. And I just don't think, and, he, and he's conditioned for that. He has good conditions for that. I don't think Oliver is just going to be able to go ahead and beat him. I don't think, I don't think he's that level of, of what Justin Gaethje does. Style matches up pretty good for both of them. At the same time, I think Justin Gates is more adjusted to Oliver than Oliver is for him. That's it. You know what? Let me see that this. fight real quick. Right, right now, if you think about it, right, and I, I think on paper my prediction is, you know, I lean more towards Caden um, and what he said on paper. And I know, and, and I know it's hard for Caden to pick against Justin Gates because I know how that's his guy. But the fact of the matter is, Charles Oliveira on paper is better everywhere. He has a more diverse stand-up. Justin, Justin is, is hard hooks and leg Man. kicks, right? Charles Oliveira is, is much, he uses more weapons than, than Justin Gaethje in a stand-up, and his ground Man. game is significantly better. With that said, Justin Gaethje is very difficult to hold down and keep down. Now, of course, you know, he, he got treated like a, a, an amateur on the ground by Khabib. Let me say this mm-hmm. here and right now. Charles Oliveira is a more lethal grappler than Khabib. 
let me say that again, a more lethal grappler than Khabib. Meaning if you're on the ground with Charles Oliveira, he is quicker and more likely to go ahead and get a sub on you than Khabib. He's just more lethal with it. However, Khabib Uh -uh. is a better wrestler. Meaning he's go- he's going to be better at holding position. He's significantly better in his entry. Charles Oliveira's takedowns usually come from body locks and things of that nature. Khabib's entries in his ground controller like second to none, and and so that that's part of what gave Jesse Gaethje such a problem. So I don't think he necessarily faces that problem with Charles Oliveira. What makes that fight so dangerous for Charles Oliveira? Is something Jesse Gaethje has pointed to. Charles Oliveira, earlier in his career, you know, he started, I, I've watched Chuck Wallace, who was 20 years old, coming into the UFC. And it, 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 Chuck Wallace quit. You know, I mean, simple point blank. His heart would give out in, in fights. And um, it seemed like once the ball started going rolling downhill on him, that's the way it was. In his fight against Michael Chandler and in his fight against Dustin Gaethje, he got rocked multiple times. And literally would just either get back up or as soon as the opponent comes right back to marching down to the opponent with forward pressure. So, I mean, that team showed that he has that type of heart, a championship's heart at this point um, in, 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 his, in his career. And on top of that, he has a champion's confidence. With that said, Justin Gates, you know, no disrespect to Poirier, I think if Dustin Poirier fights Justin Gaethje five times, Dustin Poirier wins three times. I think he beats Justin Gaethje more times than Gaethje beats him. However, I think Justin Gaethje is the last guy, the last guy in the lightweight division you want ringing your bell early. And that's happened to Charles in the Michael Chandler fight, and that's happened to Charles in the the Dustin Poirier fight. The thing about Gaethje that's Mm -hmm. different, and all those guys, and everyone said it to a certain extent about him, you know, hitting hard and being aggressive. What it is is Jake, Justin Gaethje, period, period, is the most violent fighter in the UFC. Period. He is point blank the most violent fighter in the UFC. He, he will tell you, I create car crashes. And what happens with a Justin Gaethje fight if he rings Chucky Oliver's bell a couple times, then all of a sudden they're fighting Justin Gaethje's fight. Chucky Oliver's is not going to win that. He's not going to win that. He can't get dragged into a war. If he gets dragged into a war, Justin Gaethje's going to win a war of attrition against him. But very good fight. Very evenly matched. Could go either way, and it could go any way except Gaethje's submission. All right. I mean, I would like to. I would like to touch down some of the things you said about. About um about Charles Oliveira and I would honestly like to say thank you for being the first person to agree with me on on the uh, Habib Charles Oliveira argument. <laughs> you're the you're the first person other than myself that I've heard say that. Um, but uh yeah I mean I mean you, you talk about like you know get it's it's struggling to like keep people down and you know Charles Oliveira has the most subs most most submissions in UFC history. Um, More lethal. That is, that is, be. Oh yeah, extremely lethal. He gets down. When he gets you down, you stay down. He will move around your body. He will find any way possible to get that submission. And you know, Justin. I mean, Justin Gaethje. He can wrestle, but so can so can Kevin Lee, and 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 Charles Oliveira yeah. Kevin Lee and submitted him. Um, 
But you and know what, Kevin, Kevin that, he's more the, of the a pure, 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 pure wrestler. Exactly. He was yeah, putting himself in he was putting himself in Oliveira's world. Gaethje's not gonna do that. That's the Yeah, yeah okay, I've listened true. long enough, Caden. I I'm 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 all for you. I sat back, you know, Tony's talking about those people on fight words know their stuff. I've been warming up my oven to bake crow since you first got on. Uh because <laughs> you got to you got to take lead. And uh, you were pumping up Oliveira. Now, I will agree with everything that, that you guys have gone back. Oliveira is lethal on the ground. And, and, and uh, Khabib did make Gagey look bad, but that's Khabib. Gagey is a D1 exactly. wrestler, so he's not he's not uh, he's not going to look exactly. like he did against Khabib. Yeah, uh, is nope. not going to be able to dominate him on the ground. He's got to be very very careful for his GNP. And Gagey's going to bring an intensity to Oliveira, in my opinion. Now again, it's fun listening to everything because Caden's the younger guy and he's going off paper, and we see that. You know, then we get Z and Ty, and they're the older guys that have seen you know people fight and and heart sometimes will just come through you know that old guy strength you know so and and i was listening to everything and and i gotta agree i don't think all i think Oliveira has already lost the fight by coming in overweight his head's not there he's not thinking right he he's already gagey's already in his head he he can't win okay he can't win this is a lose-lose for Oliveira. Okay, because he even if he wins, he can't win. All right, so there's no money on the line. There's no nothing. He done did himself, in my opinion. His head's not in the game, and he's not going to be ready for Gagey's intensity. I've I've said my two cents. And you know what? And that's what I, I like. I Bob talked about the, the. You see how Bob can talk to the intangibles that gets missed. Yep, very important. Yeah. I missed all you guys. I love you, suckers. Yeah, bro. Love you, man. <laughs> hope all is yeah, well. Yeah, hope everything's going all right with your, with your, with your brother, man. It, it's life, bro. man. I, I'm just a big catcher's mitt, and I catch all this shit and try to poop out rainbows <laughs> and unicorns. You know, that's all That's all you can do. Wow. You too? You, you too? My yeah. butt hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it ain't it ain't easy being a unicorn. I'm hurt. telling you. <laughs> oh, only a brother could go there. <laughs> That's family talk. There. That's family. <laughs> I can't believe you. you thought because we were on the radio you could say that, and I would say something. Please. <laughs> well, usually I'm the one that puts my foot in my mouth, so I just it's just good knowing yeah. you guys are representing while I've been gone and all that, you know. <laughs> much love, much love. No, it's, you, it's you, have totally trust me. you know you have our support. Yeah. Trust me. Tony, when you're not here, Tony, man, he, he all of a sudden it's like, man, he's the most rational guy. What? He just said, right, right. Tony's sitting there like, those fight guys, were, were, they know their stuff. And I'm like, I'm disagreeing with everything from the gate. All right. So I'm heating up my oven. I got the, crow, I got the crows over there singing in the cage. The wife's cleaning them in the pot. You know, I'm getting ready for crow pie here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ty, what do you think uh, Devin Haney's uh, in camp uh, to fight? Uh... Cambosis, George Cambosis. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fighting for uh, uh, unification. It would be the first sport about unification in, in lightweight history. So uh, it's definitely uh, a fight to look forward to. 
Uh, as we know, George Campbell coming off of a stunning upset of CFO Lopez. Um, so he has, again, we talked about a champion's confidence. Uh, that's something he has right now. Devin Haney is the guy who's been anointed as being something special. Although he's looked just above average, right? He's definitely good. He's athletic. But he hasn't really been able to put on a statement performance that's really marked him as a superstar that many thought he was two, three years ago, but he's still very young. Uh, if he goes to Australia, they beat Campbell. He becomes the first, four, you know, first unit uh, champion in the four-down area at the visit. So that is a legacy fight for him. He actually took less money. He agreed to uh, fight a rematch with Cambosa in Australia, should he win. So he did everything uh, to make this fight, uh, again, including taking less money than he would normally get. Um, and part of the reason is because he chases the legacy. So it's a very interesting fight. Haney's going to go in as a slight favorite. Um, but it, I, I, I say it's one to watch. I couldn't give you a prediction right now, but it's a very interesting fight. And it's, an, and it's an important fight in boxing history as well. I gave you a I'm prediction. Gonna give you a prediction. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm wait. Go ahead, sir. No, no, you go first. Go ahead. Uh, so enough. Then uh, Haney's going to come in at least a weight class bigger than Gambosa. Yeah. And uh, and and Gambosa's going to find it hard to do anything on the outsider inside. One thing is this much: Gambosa's, I like him. He's aggressive, quick. He's a one-track fighter. Fights on the he fights on the train track. And one thing Devin Haney doesn't do is fight on the train track. Um, Gambosa isn't a plotting fighter, so it's pretty he's going to get in quick. He's going to throw some. At the same time, that's not what's going to beat Haney, especially Campos' level. I like him, but he's not the hardest hitter. He's not the fastest yeah. guy. He's not the most disciplined yeah. guy. And yeah. and what's going to end up happening, he's going to be not the heavier guy. So, you know, when you're the heavier guy, you can get away with those things. He's not going to be the heavier guy. So, and so I don't see him really doing too much with Devin Haney. This fight was supposed to be for Lomachenko. We, we know what's going on with him. I would have rather saw that fight because Haney's young. Yeah. Lomachenko, we, we've seen a little I can't, I don't, can't say degrading except for maybe anything in his mind. I mean, physically, he looks amazing, but in the mind, apparently, something's degrading. <laughs> Hey, um, let's take a. Uh, we need to take a break here. Uh, we have to do a PSA that's uh, very near and dear to uh, both uh, uh, Tony and I. Uh, Tony, talk about uh, Nate's. Uh, 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 very quickly, uh, it's Mother's Day weekend, and a good friend of ours that has been here for us, Nate Turner, uh, here in Sarasota. His mother passed away in Las Vegas uh, about. 16, 17 days ago, he's been through hell trying to take care of things. He uh, found out after the fact they didn't contact the next to can, and it's just been a nightmare. So our prayers, thoughts, and uh, our GoFundMe page that I set up for Nate Turner, it's on the Internet, uh, Nathan James Turner. Uh, anyone that has an extra dollar or two that can go on and 
and donate to a cause. This is a guy that has given, given, given for years that I've known him and never asked for anything in return. He didn't even ask for this as far as uh, us helping him. And just this is just the way the man upstairs worked. And uh, I've got the page going. We got almost $1,000 cash for him. He's out there now. Uh, thank God that uh, speaking to him, he's turned around a little bit for the better since he's gotten out there. But uh, may his mother rest in peace, especially on Mother's Day weekend. And uh, we love you, buddy. And God bless you, your family, and all the mothers out there on Mother's Day as well. You never know when that time may come, and it's terrible. But so please check out uh, uh, Nathan James Turner on GoFundMe. Spare a few bucks, please donate. Uh, all right, let's go back to uh, Tony. You have uh, one, one more thing you want to do? I just wanted to. Uh, I know our sponsor. Biosolar is, is uh, really stepped up to the plate. They're doing extremely well. Uh, I believe that uh, we've actually had a lot of customers, or he's had a lot of customers off of our show. And uh, you can reach him at 602-499-9804 at biosolar.com or at our website. There's links. It's uh, fightingwordsradionetwork.live. Uh, get it before June, before it increases. But it saved me tons of money. Um, mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer. I hope these people that uh, continue to to think about it or just go ahead and just do it. You can, it's a couple different ways you can do it. He'll explain it to you. So one more time, 602-499-9804. His name's Patrick, owner of BioSolar. Um, other than that, I'd also just want to say happy Mother's Day to my mother, Rebecca Hedrick. And my second ex-wife has my son, and my current significant other has my daughter. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Absolutely. And at the beginning of the program, we did a a shout-out to all the mothers out there. And uh, um, we did forget um, the Reverend uh, Burnett Dickerson, uh, only because I didn't know her last name. what a wonderful person. And, uh, we uh, wish her all the best for Mother's Day. And there's a young lady out there that uh, has been a very, very um, close friend of uh, one of our, our, our contributors here, and that would be uh, uh, Tiana Parquet. Uh, uh, we want to make sure that uh, we wish both of them a very uh, – Happy Mother's Day, uh, and all the mothers out there. We really hope that they uh, have a great Mother's Day. Uh, all right, let's uh, back to the program. Uh, we got uh, a few more minutes here. I, I extended thinking we had uh, uh, Mike uh, McKendree from uh, US uh, U, U, UFC was supposed to come on, but uh, I'm having trouble getting a hold of him. So, uh, uh, can you guys can you guys stay around for about five more minutes? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I guess, Bob, what do you think of the Usman uh, uh, win over uh, Covington? Uh, I liked it. Um, <laughs> Covington is is a beast, um, but yet um, Usman is better. You know, that, that that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. Uh, 
and and Covington does a lot of trash talking. So that again, you know, you guys know how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of talk in that division, especially the last week at, with uh, about Hazmat or Cosmat Chavez, you know. Again, but uh, you know, Kazmat, he, uh, you know, Gilbert Burns put put a, a run for his money, you know, so. Um, it wasn't as dominating as, as we thought, you know, and, and Hazmat's calling out Usman. I think Hazmat definitely covers him first before he gets the shot. Uh, I think Leon Edwards has been passed over way too many damn times uh, uh-huh. and he should have the next shot at Usman. Um, and if Hazmat wants a shot, he should get covered first. So that's my, that's my prediction for that weight division. <clears throat> Um, the money's there. I think all those fights will come play out. Um, you know, there's talk with Matt Ball uh, doing something or anything else. That's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, the only the only problem yeah, the only problem I have with the Hamzat fight, and uh, the reason why I'm a little bit mad at Dana by making that fight, is not only because you know you're feeding, you know, a lamb to the wolf, you know. That's that's horrible. That's not a great matchup at all. I mean, you're going against a guy who's hot on a win streak, who's the supposed next up and coming, and that's my guy. That's, that's I, you know, I love that. I think he should. He's definitely the next up and coming. I love Nate Diaz too. You know, no knock on him. I think he's a great fighter, but he's also unranked. You know, and that's not what Hamzat needs for his career right now. What Hamzat needs is a fight that can set him up for a title shot. And this fight, even if he wins this fight, I still don't see him getting a title shot after it. Which, if he fought someone like Kobe Covington or maybe Leon Edwards, if when when he loses, because that's what I think is going to happen when he loses. You know what? Or to, even Bilal uh, Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad is the forgotten guy because Bilal Muhammad yeah, is, is you know he's a decision machine. But the fact of the matter but, is, Muhammad is getting that Bilal Muhammad. Too. Bilal, yeah, but Bilal, I, I agree with you, but nonetheless, Bilal Muhammad is the next highest-ranked guy behind Leon Edwards, Hamzat, Gilbert Burns, and Kobe Covington. Here's here's the, the deal. Uh, Usman is going to fight Leon Edwards. That Dana White said it's next. Usman said that the fight's to. next. They just actually have to sign it. So that's the fight that's going to well, happen that already, that's already he already won. Yeah, he wanted Hazmat to fight Kobe Covington. Let's just call this what it is. We don't know when Covington is going to fight again. He probably, there's a good chance he might not fight until this whole issue, legal issue with Jorge Masvidal is resolved. His lawyer claimed brain injury, so he obviously can't step in the cage while he's trying to claim brain injury in a criminal so, so the likelihood. Yeah, but as a defense attorney, fight. I can look at all his previous posts. So you had brain injury going into this, dipshit. You know, good point, right? <laughs> um, but the likelihood of Kobe fighting anytime soon, realistically, is is not high. So you gotta, you know, and I don't, I think, I think all those guys honestly destroyed Bilal Muhammad. All of them. Everybody up ranked above Bilal Muhammad. Destroy Bilal, destroys Bilal Muhammad. That's what I honestly believe. Maybe, However, maybe somebody ranked Bilal. Bilal Muhammad earned his ranking. And the fact of the matter is, is that right now, if Hazmat, whether they do the Nate Diaz fight, which obviously is literally just an event, it's not a competitive, it has nothing to do with competition at this point. If um, the fact of the matter is, Hazmat more than likely is going to 
you have to fight Bilal Muhammad for the next title shot. That's that's the most realistic scenario. Um, because Nate Diaz might get him another title shot, and Kobe Covington is plainly brain injury, so obviously he's up into the cage. So. Well, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question for everybody. If I mean, and to be honest, Hazmat just fought the number three guy, right? And he won number clearly. Two. Number two. Number, number two. two. He number fought two. the number two guy, and he won clearly. Now, whether he deserved a shot or not, apparently he did because he won. Um, yes, he did. So, if he's not going to fight the number one guy. He's going to have to, as I say, he's going to have to take a step back to me because he's earned, he beat the number two guy. How much, like, once you beat the number two guy, there's only two more places to go, the number one guy and the champion. The mm-hmm. number one guy, if he's out, then I, I can't say he's going to get a direct path to the champion, but really, he, he might won't. only have one more fight than me. To me, he, he's actually, and I hate to say it, because he might not have, He's proven that he's earned at least the number three spot. He took it. Well, he took the number two spot. That's when they got him ranked, see? That's when they got him ranked. Right now, the only person person ranked above him is Covington. Obviously, I'm not counting the champion. Um, There it is. No, they've got got Leon Edwards top five. Yep. If they're going to have a fight title shot, the the likely scenario will be the La Muhammad. It, well, the reason why is they both fought within a couple of weeks of each other. Again, yeah. Covington is claiming brain injury, which is obviously going to preclude him from stepping in the cage. So it, it, you know, the, the most likely scenario, if he fights another top five guy, is going to be allowed because everyone else is just fought Burns and, and Leon Edwards is going to fight. Um, so that leads to allowed. And, and here's here's like, my uh, exactly. If he beats Malau, he, the, he, he the should fight words uh, prediction. And, you know, going with Tony, the fight words prediction. So right now, because that 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 division's all tight, Usman's on top. They're gonna find Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards is gone. Leon probably can't beat Usman. He goes back down. Uh, Colby Covington taking the number one spot. He's claiming brain injury because he doesn't want nothing to do with Hazmat. So and then Hazmat has nothing else to do because. Up the spot. him, Nick Diaz, Nick Diaz, or Gate, whatever, on his way out with his last fight. Hasmat's going to win that, but it'll be a good money fight. Then they both Leon and Hasmat have fought in the last couple months. The next thing they'll match up will be Hasmat against Leon Hesburgh because Covington is still playing Sunday Dream Game. And then the winner of that will be Hasmat going against Carmen Guzman. And then the Tobin Covington will come back after all that and say he wants to. That's how I see it planning out. Okay. Hey, right. let's see. Uh, one more. Uh, Ty, what do you think about uh, Keyshawn Davis uh, scoring a sixth-round stoppage over Esteban? Uh, what do you think about Keyshawn Davis what? It's, it's a sixth-round stoppage over Esteban uh, Sanchez. Well, I mean, he's a you know he's a bright prospect, so you know, um, still early in his career, uh, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, I guess we'll see as time goes on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything on? Uh, what do you think about? Uh, I meant to ask this before. Uh, Christopher Diaz versus uh, Miguel Beltran. Uh, 
in two weeks? Honestly, not much. Um, you know, that, that fight's of a certain level. No, none of those guys are, are going to, uh, you know, both, both of those guys are a little bit past it, and, and none of those guys are going to reach the title. Um, we got other fights to talk about. That one is uh, just a fight that's happening um, for their guys' fight. Well, guys, that's, uh, I want to thank everybody. It's been a, it's been a really great uh, night tonight. Uh, Tony, thanks a lot for bringing uh, Brian on. Uh, he's uh, always been very good. Um, so uh, we want to uh, say, say thank you to him, wish him the very best. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. Tony, you have anything before we go? Uh, he actually just texted me. I asked him about the Bivol Canelo fight. I'm going to save his answer for next week's show. But my uh, uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, baby. Ooh. All I can say is I hope Canelo's got a good surgeon because he's going to need his nose fixed. But... <laughs> you I can recommend out? out here in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> he told me he could make my head or my nose smaller, but it wouldn't. <laughs> just want to say I love you guys man I hope you all mothers everybody Mother's Day is great for all of you guys and love coming on here and jaw jacking with you guys and getting down to business and see who's going to eat the poo sandwiches and <laughs> makes my Saturday night wonderful so thank you guys I really great. appreciate it okay. Kate. oh yeah thanks for having Kate. me on again um uh, Bob, uh, great to have you back. Um, and and uh, Bob, Bob, another great show. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll see y'all later. And also, also, um, there's a. I don't know if y'all remember. Do you guys remember the USFL from the '80s? The the, the old yeah. football league. Yeah, they they started that up again. I'm watching one of the games right now. And Tampa, Tampa has it. Tampa has a team. Tampa Bay Bandits. Anyway, I'll see y'all later. Have a good night. Do you want to you make that an answer since you uh, told me earlier in the car? That's Turcos. KJ? What is that? You want to make that announcement that you, you told me today? Um, maybe later. Maybe, maybe later. Oh, okay. I don't okay. know. I have to check with my dad. Ty? <laughs> hey, great show as always. Always, always a pleasure being on with you, gentlemen. Bob, my brother, love you. So glad to uh, to have you back, man. Um, everyone enjoy their week. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching over us. Dr. Chris, he keeps us laughing. Everyone have a good week. Okay. Bob? Gosh, pleasure to be back, guys. Family, fighting word family. Ty and Vito talking it. Caden getting in there. Uh, Tony, I mean, uh, Frank, so much. It was great uh, talking with that uh, other fellow um, and interviewing him. But just so fun to have him laugh on Saturday night. Uh, God bless everyone. Uh, happy Mother's Day and have a great day. Great. Well, I want to thank everybody for being on with us tonight, Brian Barella. Uh, it's a great addition tonight's uh, show.
uh, everybody that does such great homework uh, uh, when we go to go to go on the air. That uh, it's really fun to be here. It's like sitting around uh, the, the kitchen table with everybody and just talking sports. It's uh, it makes it uh, really fun for everybody. And uh, I hope our sponsor does uh, get a lot of people. Open. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, but, uh, we are sponsored by BioSolar. And BioSolar is the company that can save you an awful lot of money, uh, especially for people in Florida where there's going to be a 28% increase uh, July 1 in your electric bill. So um, that's already been signed into law. So if you can, get a hold of uh, uh, Patrick. And uh, his uh, number here is uh, 727-314-6976. As we said, he is uh, licensed in every state in the union. Uh, and he has saved many, many, even if you've decided you want to look at somebody else, take a look at them, then call him back and ask him to take a look at your contract, and he will find where you're losing money. They will save you money all the way around. These programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, and the men and women of the Police and Fire Services, and the men and women of the doctors and nurses in the hospital, as well as those great people that do the cleaning and the people in the supermarkets who keep us fed. We, uh, uh, these programs are dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Fager, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazimitz, <clears throat> Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Henler, the Deputy Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Yazimitz, Sergeant Thomas, uh, Sergeant uh, Thomas Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarford Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Chris Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Anafo Christian, Lakeland PAE, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police, and Patrol Deputy Josh Myers, Nassau County Sheriff's Department, Captain Matt Return of Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, <clears throat> Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Charlie Richard Char- Chelsea Richards, uh, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hulu, Wilmington Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, I'll be maybe 10 7 at this point in time, and sometime it'll be 10 10. At the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sunshine wet down your feet. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. <laughs> good night. God bless and have a great week. And happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. Shema Hezahilma Sona Shenevorat Fed Hakuig again, my Elma
1999. Point is, he advised 1999, six water to his last emergency. May God rest his soul. <laughs> 